Welcome to another episode of York Hospital Ball. This week, we are joined by Wayne Hall, fourth in the all-time appearance list for York City. Wayne debuted in 1989 and became an iconic figure four years later when he scored the winning penalty in the penalty shootout in the Division Three playoff final versus Crew, which inspired the cherished former fanzine Ginner's Left Foot. Wayne went on to feature in the legendary League Cup wins over Man United and Everton, cementing his legacy as a real York City legend. This episode is proudly sponsored by Had IT. Had IT assists organisations with their internal print, copy and scan function using the latest technology from a range of manufacturers. If your place of work is looking for a copier or just some advice in this area, get them to give James a call on 073 That's 07376-674-697. These podcasts are a spin-off from York Hospital Radio, a local charity who rely on donations. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider making a donation, no matter big or small, to justgiving.com slash yorkhospitalradio. Justgiving.com slash yorkhospitalradio. All donations are gratefully received and allow us to keep providing a high quality service to patients in York Hospital. But without further delay, here is Series 8, Episode 3, Wayne Hall. So as someone who started going to York City in 1992, I always feel really privileged speaking to anyone from that era. And today is no different. We welcome Wayne Hall or Ginner, as he was affectionately known to York City fans. Welcome to the podcast, Wayne. And after 12 years at the club, I feel I kind of know a lot about you from my own sort of memories. But I thought we'd start maybe at the bits that York City fans maybe wouldn't know, such as you were a Sheffield United fan, I believe, growing up. That's true, yeah. Did you watch Paul Stancliffe play then at Bramall Lane? Yeah, when I was growing up, yes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I, I just wondered about that because obviously you eventually went and, and played um, played with him. And before you, you had spells at uh, Hatfield, Maine, Kiverton Town, Darlington as well. And I wondered how important they were in the sort of your development as a player. If you talk us through your career up until getting to York City. I wasn't at Kiverton particularly that long, but Hatfield, Maine, under a gentleman called John Reeve, he brought me on no end actually. And then I went on trial to Darlington. And I think the manager then was Dave Booth. I played a few games, went on trial for a week and he offered me a contract and then for the following season actually. And then he got sacked. It put John Bird in touch with me. So John Bird, he rang me up and asked me if I wanted to play a few games games for York played about five or six games I think and he uh, invited me along to a first team game it was at crew so I traveled on the bus with everybody and then like you said I I, uh, got involved in a couple of games at the end of that season I think yeah well I think you came on for the last two games of the of the season both both at home I think at Boone Crescent first one was a two on home defeat to, to Cambridge United what what do you remember about your your pro debut and I, I remember sort of speaking to Dean Kiley and he, he said that John Bird used to sort of hand out whiskey as the players were running out I didn't know if it, yeah, you remember that or did he do that for the subs <laughs> it was always on the, the treatment table in the middle of the dressing room so yeah there was always a bottle of whiskey but I, I didn't go anywhere near that I've got to admit 1989-90 you, you started the season in the team didn't you so obviously had that full pre-season behind you and you scored yeah. the, the club's first goal of the season versus Peterborough United again you remember your first professional goal yeah I do it, it was just a bit of a tapping weren't it really but yeah I, w- I was there I didn't score that many so I can vaguely remember most of them I did score a couple against Peterborough though I think they were 
they were a team that are quite successful with. Yeah, well, I've got that written down here that, yeah, your next goal for York City was away to Peterborough and I'd sort of had, you know, did you like playing against them or was it just coincidence you happened to get those two goals? I think it was just coincidence. Plus, I think at that time, the ex-Darlington manager who offered me a contract was there. Called me a few names I, I seem to remember and just jokingly, but yeah, yeah, I did seem to do well against Peterborough. Added incentive. I mean, you started as a left winger and, and moved to left back and then back again, even in that season. What was your natural position? I wondered what it was at sort of Hatfield, Maine. And did you start off as a left back or, or what, what was your best position? No, no, it, that was John Bird who put me there. He probably thought I wasn't good enough going forward. I don't know as a left winger, but I, I was a left winger, to be honest. As a boy growing up, I I was middle of midfield and then I got pushed out wide because I weren't that big actually so yeah then I played on the wing John Bird just must have had a thought and just put me back to left back so quite enjoyed it actually to be honest I didn't, I didn't care where I played as long as I was playing that was my philosophy on it 1990-1991 you, you cemented your place in the team and I don't think you missed a game all season long but on, on the pitch it was it was difficult for York City I think they came fourth bottom and obviously off the pitch it was difficult as well because of the, the tragic loss of David Longhurst I mean I just wondered you, you were quite young weren't you at that time I wondered how you how you kind of coped and I think you were friends with him weren't you yeah he came to the club we hit it off in fact he hit it off with, with everybody to be honest he was he a great lad full of beans and a, a good laugh yeah it, it, it was a great lad but obviously the the heart problem that he had did not picked up on various things and I think football's changed a lot since then and I think the death of Dave did help the football world to be honest but yeah it, it, it was a very very difficult time I, I remember that particular game I remember him going down I remember us coming off the pitch I remember John Bird coming in and to be honest he picked one of the whiskey glasses up and threw it at the wall I think but yeah the season was a very very difficult one It's it was very difficult to get that out of your head I think everybody dragged each other through it to be honest it was a very very difficult time I wasn't from York. I've never lived in York. I always travelled, so I probably didn't get involved in that drinking culture as much as some, but it was going off and I know a lot of players got through it that way. But every now and again, we did uh, raise a glass to him, I've got to admit. And, and, and moving on to, to, the, to the year after, four goals for yourself, I think your most prolific return. You said you, said you didn't <laughs> score many goals before. Four that season was pretty good. Uh, the yeah. most mem- memorable being that the, the one at home to Tranmere on Sky. And, and I think that must have been the very early days of Sky too. TV, I think um, Sky Sports one of the first games weren't it that they that televised yeah and uh, I noticed you I watched the highlights back the other day you, you had two chances in the first half were you desperate to score desperate to impress or was that just just happened to be one of those games not really I'm, I mean that was one of the games where I was playing left wing weren't it so all I remember about that night is it was freezing and the pitch it, I don't think it had been even played today in today's football it was absolutely freezing I've never watched a game back over but I remember somebody saying I think it with Trevor Francis wasn't it uh, was uh, also commentating and he, he mentioned it, it was one of the coldest games he's ever ever watched so yeah it was really cold but that's probably why we, we played so well because to keep warm we had to run around <laughs> that's probably <Yeah>. what happened <laughs> something to, to warm the hearts of York City fans was, was your goal in the second half which was a was a great strike and a lot of people say you know one of one of the best York City goals ever I think uh, I mean just talk us through it from your point of view well swept out by Pepper to Hall McCarthy's made a run and created a gun. That's a great try and a great goal. Wonderful goal. Built from the back. And third time lucky for Wayne Hall. 
Andy Mack got it and played it into midfield and then Pep played a great ball out to me and to be honest I just started cutting in off the left and I thought well why don't you just have a swing to be honest and the ball did I go back to the, the pitch and, and how cold it was it did actually bobble as I hit it so it could have gone anywhere but fortunately for me it it bobbled and they hit it well and it went my right foot and it, it flew over the keeper. Did, did you think when it, when it sort of left your foot and when it went in and you saw it hit the back of the net, did you think, oh, that'll be good to watch back on Sky later on? Well, to be honest, I was still watching my foot because it, it had bobbled and I was watching the ball. So, you know, as you, as you, my head was still probably down. I, I didn't really see it going to the back of the net. I just heard some people start shouting so I thought oh that must have been near so yeah it went in great moment but yeah we just went out and to be honest you never even thought about the cameras being there or anything it was just as a team we just wanted to do well so we certainly had a different focus let's put it that way that season definitely yeah. this was really early in John Ward's sort of reign wasn't it I mean although York finished fourth yeah. bottom again I mean that was the second consecutive season could yeah. you sort of see the potential of the team and, and, and certainly John Ward himself yeah I mean like I said a bit ago the, the focus as soon as John Ward walked in in the door you could tell that something were going to change his whole mentality his professionalism everything everything about the man just was a brilliant brilliant coach and such a dry personality it, it was a funny funny man it was, it was a, or is a great man I mean let, let's get into the good stuff 92-93 you so many good games in that in that season and, and obviously culminates in what, what it does at Wembley what about those players I mean Paul Barnes John McCarthy some of your teammates oh, yeah. there were, were, were fantastic yeah. weren't they in that season yeah they were a brilliant team brilliant set of lads and yeah everybody got on and I, th- I think that helped there were no prima donnas everybody was just part of a good all round team obviously John Ward were analysing the team he were analysing where he needed to bring people in and, and to boost but all the players and for the players that he did to bring in to fit into the team and to and to fit into have the personality where everybody liked and and, and Barney were no exception is a great lad just came straight in and everybody took to him straight away it was very very difficult to get the ball off you could play it into his feet and he just held people off and yeah he did. in front of goal it just it was pretty clinical to be fair yeah, yeah. a good player very good player and what, what was the dressing room like you know no, no prima donnas or anything like that there's some quite big characters there weren't there like Nigel Pepper and Tony Cannon was, was yeah. it kind of yeah. like a joy to go into work every day as it, as it were oh definitely definitely never stopped laughing from the moment you walked in to the moment you left it was a great time great set of lads and like I said everybody got on and we just laughed together and I th- once you've got that winning formula it just got on a, on a roll didn't it and we well we never looked back really after, on that season yeah the one thing that could have bought York City that season I'll, I'll kind of put a spanner in the works was John Ward leaving to go to Bristol Rovers but Alan yeah. coming in it, it, it seems to me the players I've interviewed in the past that so much respect for Alan Little and his sort of ability as a man manager and a motivator and, yeah. and, and as a coach as well so were you the same of that kind of ilk that you kind of really believed in, in what the club were doing in, a, in appointing Alan definitely Alan he'd have told you himself that he, he probably learnt a lot off of John Ward and he just carried it on not upsetting the apple cart and bringing somebody else in awarding Alan the job and he took over and never changed anything just let us all just go out and play that's a measure of him and the measure of the man really he was also a, a great great man we'll get on to Wembley very, very soon but the, the two games beforehand against Bury in the in the playoffs were so two tough games were they really yeah. tightly contested and sort of fan uh, debate on Twitter was that, you know the atmosphere that night at Boob and Crescent in the second leg people talk of it as, as one of the best atmospheres ever at Boob and Crescent did, did you feel that as, as players that night and was that something that, that maybe helped you over the line and, and sort of getting that 
that one they'll win oh yeah you do I mean definitely when when the crowd get involved you know they're right behind you the atmosphere was electric it was it was brilliant that night and it, it does spur you on it it definitely spurs you on but I think everybody was confident even though there were tough games I, I still thought everybody was confident and it was our time to be honest I was going to say, you know, going to Wembley was it your first time at Wembley, but I think you went to watch Sheffield United, didn't you, in the in the cup <laughs> semi final before? Was, was that the one where Chris Waddle scored after a minute? Chris Waddle, we were just going up the steps to a seat, <laughs> and he scored. We went one 0 down. So yeah, I've not got uh, a very good memory of Wembley, although as a place it it was good, but the result wasn't. I just took every game as it came, and I never looked to the future or, or where we could be in three or four games time. It it was just one game at a time, and let's try as best in that game and see where that got us to. I mean, one, one game at a time is, is all well and good, but when, when you get to Wembley, that's a bit of a different game, isn't it? Did, was yeah. there any, any sort of nerves on your part going to the game or what, what were you no, feeling? Not really. Oh, no. I, I was nerve-free, really. I, I, I was quite relaxed about it. I just trying to keep myself calm and although other couple of other players, they were very, very nervous. I remember Pep, he was very nervous, but I seemed to all right. I was, like I say, I just tried to take it in my stride and just enjoy it. We played really, really well and we were just unlucky. I mean, things happen and Tut did that, but we all just turned around to each other and we knew that we could still do it. I can remember TC in the first half, actually. He said, we've got this. We're playing well. We've got these. And, and crew were probably the favourites. I don't know. I don't know. They're, mm. they're an excellent footballing team, but on the day, I think we outplayed them and we deserved mm. to win. Conceding late on, sometimes teams think, oh, that's it's not going to be our day and things, things like that go against them. No, I, I, even though they scored the penalty, I was still confident. And I think everybody else was. I just thought we'd pick ourselves up, dust ourselves down and uh, get on with it. And I thought we'd have scored, you know, another not to be. When it goes to penalties, is that that something that you've kind of practised in the week? Or, I mean, you're taking number five. And I I think I look back on your interview and you'd sort of said after the game that you were always going to take number five. You know, you you were kind of confident. Was that just something in, you know, you mentioned before you didn't score many goals, but how come you had that confidence in you? But And and also the kind of bottle to say, look, I'll, I'll take number five Alan throughout the week had it asked the five players who wanted to take them and we all held his hands up with practice because he spoke to other managers and he said and they all warned him that it might go to penalties so get your get your players together get them practicing Alan said to everybody on the day he said well, he got us all in a huddle and he said do not change your mind. You've been practising. Do not change your mind. It doesn't matter if the keeper saves it or whatever, which he won't. Just hit it where you've been hitting it in practice and keep his fingers crossed and it'll go in. And Fibers stood up and Fibers took the penalties and Fibers scored. So it was a bit of good advice, really. How did it feel for you sort of when it got closer to that fifth one, though? Because obviously the, the penalties are getting knocked off out there and Gareth Wally misses his. Are you sort of yeah. suddenly dawning on you thinking, oh, you know, when it comes to me, I, I, it's down to me now. I, you know, the pressure's on. If I score, we're, we're promoted. Well, I was very happy that he missed, I've got to admit, because it took quite a bit of pressure off me, to be fair. But I just tried to stay calm I just walked up I was just focusing on the ball and didn't even look at the keeper really until it was stood in the middle of his goal I knew where I was going to hit it and I practised it so practice makes perfect Now it's Wayne Hall he's got one goal all season he's won the promotion It's one of the greatest days in the history of York City they'll play in Division 2 next season People take the mickey and say it bobbled in, and but it hit the side netting of the net. So to me, it was 
quite a good penalty. I put it down, walked back. I know I know exactly what I was going to do. If I tried to do that, jumping up and everything, I'd probably fall over my own feet. So yeah, just run up and hit it where I'd be practised. What, what were the celebrations like afterwards? And presume you had friends and family there and must have been a great occasion sort of the whole day. Yeah, I had my mum, my dad, uh, my uncle had travelled down. My wife was heavily pregnant, so the doctor said she couldn't go. Probably would be better for me. But no, we, we went back on the bus. Uh, I didn't see my family after, actually. We got on the bus, celebrated a bit on the bus. And to be honest, with me living in Sheffield, I, I got dropped off. But I know the lads from York, they went back to York and had a good night. So, yeah, I went home to a pregnant wife and, and didn't have a drink, really. Well, she did pick me up along the A57 and apparently I was weaving a bit, so I must have had a couple on the bus. And, and rightly so. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the following season, I, I think for me as a supporter, is, is probably the best York City team I've ever seen. You know, it was, you know, I think Steve Cooper signed, didn't he? And, and it just seemed to me like the momentum of that Wembley team from the year before just sort of seemed to take it up another gear and another fantastic season, 20 clean sheets as well. You've been part of that back four. That, that must give you a lot of satisfaction as well. I mean, obviously you scored the goal at Wembley, but, but to be part of a team that was so resolute as well and, and getting to the playoffs again the following season must, must make you really proud. Yeah, it does. I thought we were very unfortunate in that playoff to be honest I had every confidence that we'd win that one but the season as a whole we're a very very good team again and like you say probably rated as one of the best York City teams that one but again everybody were together everybody got on everybody laughed together and everybody had kicked anybody for each other so when you've got a close-knit group of players like that who are going to fight for each other and if one steps into the, if somebody gets injured and one steps in, it's it's not a case of somebody going, oh, I might lose my place. It's come on, you. We need to do it for the team, and that's what everybody did. We did yeah. it for the team, did it for you. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned that, and, and I was just going to come on to that. But I think you you only missed one game in those two seasons there that I've talked about from ninety two yeah. to ninety four, and that, and I think that was through illness. And I think TC played at left back at Brentford. Away at Brentford, yeah, yeah. We're travelling down on the bus, and I just became ill and, and vomited. I just couldn't stop vomiting so I remember telling Jeff the physio and he obviously had a word with the manager and the manager put TC at left back and I think he got man of the match that game he was brilliant so TC could play anywhere he was a great player yeah. I mean I had quite a few injuries after that it probably that couple of seasons have knackered my ankles because I've just had an ankle replacement so <laughs> football's not being too kind on my ankles so but I'm just recovering from that so yeah it, it does take its toll I've got to admit bodily wise and some of some of the sort of fixtures from that season as well. Yeah, I mean, like beating Cardiff City five 0 beating Blackpool away five 0 as well. I mean, there were there were just yeah. incredible times for York. I think I think for me, in only like something like my second season, I was watching York. I kind of realised probably at the time how good that was. You know, did, did you as players yeah. sort of appreciate how good a team that was, or, or or is it something that as you've got older, you look back and think, wow, we, we you know we were such a special side. I think you think about it more when you do get older but at the time not cocky but you just go onto the pitch and you didn't think you were going to lose I never ever thought we were going to lose with that team against the the other teams in that division I was confident every time we stepped on the pitch that we'd have a good performance and if we did lose then either have a very very off day or the other team would have been exceptional. Yeah, and you know we talked earlier about that, about the Bury game and that those been two close playoff games. Of course, it was the other way around, wasn't it? This time, two really close games with Stockport County and yeah. just one yeah. goal that was very late on that won it. How did that contrast to the sort of dressing room after Wembley? And it must have been really disappointing to sort of lose so late on, and particularly when yeah. you said you were confident in every game. Everybody were gutted. We were we were really really gutted. But, you know, things happen in football. You lose games, you win games, and you, you've just got 
going to take it and, like I said earlier, dust yourself down and get on with it. So came at the end of a, a very hard season, but a very, very happy one and a rewarding one. So you've just got to look to the future and look to the to the following season. Nigel Pepper sort of said to me that he, he felt York could have really pushed that sort of around that time and got a couple of extra yeah. players in and that might have pushed them on to another level. But when I spoke to Paul Barnes, he, he sort of, was almost the other side saying, well, York were probably at the limit of what they could do. Where, where do you sort of think, what do you, what do you think, sort of looking back? I think if we'd have gone up, if we hadn't made some really, really good signings, but quality, quality players, are they really going to sign for York City in that division? And probably I'm, I'm tending to think more on the on the way of Barney, really. We probably would have struggled because I think other teams were looking at our players anyway. And, and I think bigger and better teams were taking our players. So, yeah, I think it would have been tough. I think going up would have been tough, but I think we could have held his own in the division we were playing in, definitely. And being up there, I always thought we'd have been up there for years to come, to be honest. Even yeah. bringing other players in, bringing the youth in, I, I still thought we could have competed. We talked earlier about the Wembley game, which I'm sure was a, a career highlight for yourself, but Man United's got to run it pretty close, I think, for, that happened in 1995. <laughs> how, how buzzing were you about the draw when it first took place? Because it's team weren't doing very well, were they, at the time? I think we were sort of bottom or second bottom and only won one yeah. game away all season. That was the weekend before. To be honest, there's no pressure on you, is there? When you when you get a draw like that and you're where you are, I mean, what a fantastic team they were. But Alan Little said there's no pressure on us. There's absolutely no pressure. We can just go there and just play and see how we go. My parents travelled across and I remember this in the hotel before. I went up to Alan and I said, is there any chance after the game that I can travel back with my mum and dad, please? And he said, well, let me think about it. And then he came up to me and says, I'll make you a deal if we win. We could, uh, you can go with back home with your mum and dad. <laughs> so I travelled home with my mum and dad. So that was great. <laughs> it makes me laugh that your, your two best moments were Wembley and you've, got, you've missed out on the celebrations there with... <laughs> With the players yeah. by going back to your pregnant wife and then, then Man United, you've gone back with your mum and dad. But, but you probably look back and, and think there were memories in those as well. You were up against David Beckham that night, but he was a relative unknown, wasn't he? What, yeah, what do you remember about good. sort of coming up against him? I guess that's that's become a better story as, as you got older. I don't remember too much about him, to be honest. Uh, I know I played against him in a pre-season friendly quite a few years later and I couldn't get near him. So it obviously improved or they had or we got worse, I don't know. But um, yeah, I just... Not a lot. I don't, I don't remember a lot about him. But like I said, we we just started that night and just you've just got to go and play, haven't you, against any team like that. I mean, I know people turn around and say, oh, they played a weakened side, but Alex Ferguson played teams to win and mm. we went out there and we won. Great night. I mean, I've heard that as well and, and I think there were seven internationals in Man United's team and one of them wasn't David Beckham. You know, he wasn't established at that, that time and there was people like Lee Sharp, Brian McClare, yeah. Steve Bruce off the bench and and Ryan Giggs, who you, who you famously nutmegged as well. What talk us through that? Was that just the confidence sort of flowing through the side and, and yourself? No, I just, it, it, it was tight area and I just, I didn't have anywhere to go really. So I just put it through his legs. And it was just one of them lucky times, I think, that it worked. But I just remember everybody having a great game that night. We probably were under pressure in the league and to just go out and express yourself like we did, it gave everybody a boost of confidence that we needed. And, and I think 3-0 flat as Man United. On the, on the night itself in the first leg I mean the other one that Paul Barnes scored was definitely onside wasn't it when you watch it back I think if VAR yeah. would have been involved these days that, that would have stood you know and there was other chances you know Nigel Pepper went close as well didn't he in the first half but, you know it wasn't it wasn't like a 
not that you could win a fluky 3-0, but it, it wasn't one of those sort of smashing grabs or anything like that, was it? It was, it was, Yoxie, it were well worthy of that result. Definitely. I mean, I remember going to the ground on the bus and the Man United fans were banging the side of the boss and trying to intimidate us and everything and then you come off at the end and they're clapping you so that's the measure of the fans really but to play the way we did and to dominate and to make as many chances against international players was a credit to us and a credit to as a team we did ourselves no harm in, in expressing ourselves and people watching us must have thought hmm, these are a decent set of players and one thing that I think the only regret I have from that night was the fact that it wasn't a couple of years later when that, that massive stand was sort of getting built wasn't it at, Old Trafford so there was yeah, one yeah. side of it that, that was completely empty wasn't it which would have been a side that you were you were playing at, uh, in the in the second half yeah it was just unfortunate because I think the atmosphere would have well it would have been obviously even better but nothing detracts from how good a night it was it's in history forever so nobody can take that away from any of us can they and, and the return leg equally special and again another another great night at Boom Crescent but 2-0 down after 10 minutes what yeah. what were you thinking I mean, thinking it was going to be a long night ahead definitely I mean all the big boys were in weren't they and <laughs> Cantona and everybody but we rallied and we was back to the wall we came out fighting again and Scott Jordan scored so it made it difficult for United and over the two legs we probably deserved it it was back, definitely back to the wall and you just it were it were just a scrap, weren't it? And to yeah. keep them out, I'm proud, proud of proud of being a part of Yorkshire City that kept a, a, a fantastic Man United team at bay. Really, please tell me you did afford yourself to celebrate properly with the lads that that night. No, no, <laughs> I sound one boring kid, don't I? But no, I'm not really a drinker. But I, I, I travelled home that night as well. Yeah, my dad came to every game there at every single game, home and away. So my dad always drove me. When you when you're driving back, are you sort of having the radio on then and sort of listening to the reports of it coming in that Man United have been. Not Knocked out by York City. We we kind of doing that. Probably rowing with my dad because my dad always it, it was my biggest critic. So right. <laughs> My biggest critic and my biggest fan. So we used to have heated discussions on the way home sometimes, and that was probably one of the nights where we thought I could have done better. So <laughs> <laughs> we're probably talking about that really. Next time, you know, QPR away again. He, he's talked about you know folklore with York City fans has been one of the best atmospheres ever, even, even though it was a game that York City lost. What do you remember about that night? Because what I remember is sort of it. it the pitch being like a carpet at QPR at Loftus Road. Yeah, it was. And, and scoring after a minute, it was almost like, wow, we're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it was an incredible, it, like I say, even in defeat, it, it's an incredible memory for me. And, you know, being in London and supporting the team and, and the crowd were, were, I think, singing Alan Little's Barmy Army for about 45 minutes in the whole yeah. of the second half. It was it was brilliant. It was. But then nobody could get near Ray Wilkins, could they? So <laughs> it kind of ran it after a bit, didn't it? Player manager at the time as well, weren't you? I think, but Trevor Sinclair and everybody, yeah, they, they showed the quality. But the pitch was absolutely immaculate. The fans were unbelievable, from what I remember, and it was quite a close stadium, isn't it? So really bellowed round it. It, it. it was just a fantastic experience. I wouldn't say the result helped, but it, it was just brilliant, brilliant night again. I've had quite a few, to be honest. Looking back around that time, I think the, the team lost six one at. Peterborough, I think might have even been the next game. And then I think Douglas Craig got a bit of a pop at some of the players in the on the way back from that game. Did, did you sort yeah. of feel a little bit unappreciated as players? I mean, that, that, that uh, I know the team weren't doing great in the league, but that had come off the back of the Man United and QPR games where 
you know, no one could have been anything but proud of, of, of York City players. Yeah, I mean, you don't expect a, a chairman to come out yeah, and, and and have a pop at players. And I know that, yeah, certain players had to go back. Yeah, I remember one having a go, but it's out of order. You never go into a football game not trying your best. It just wasn't going our way at the time. And for a chairman, for anybody in the club to have a go at somebody or have a go at the players who were always trying the best, I think there could have been a bit more diplomacy in the way that things were done. It didn't really help the situation in what we were doing at that time. No, and and, and the team started to break up and, you know, likes of Paul Barnes, who, who I think was one yeah. of the players who was who Douglas Craig had a bit of a pop at, did move on not, not too long after that. I mean, were you ever close to moving on at any stage in your York City career? Because, you know, I look around at all, all the sort of players, Nigel Pepper, John McCarthy, Paul Barnes, they all had kind of offers and moved on. I didn't know whether, whether you ever were close to leaving your... I know that a couple of clubs showed interest, but I never really thought about it. And I know early on, Sunderland offered money, but John Bird got me in and said, don't even look at it. We're not accepting anything. Uh, you're staying here kind of thing. So you're under contract and that's it. He said, I'm not, we're certainly not selling you for anything that they're offering. So if you're reading Evening Press, don't believe anything. You're certainly not going anywhere until it's right for us. I, d- I don't know about in the future. I don't know if any clubs yeah. came in for me. I don't know. And you never find out, do you, really? I think Andy Mack said that. I think I think clubs came in for him and he didn't find out until later on. Well, I was the same, in fact. And Mack, actually, he did tell me a couple of uh, clubs that were interested in me, me and him, but York wouldn't release us at the same time. And, and then none of us ended up leaving. So, yeah, it's just one of them things in football, isn't it? Were you happy at York? Were you always happy in, in your time at York? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I loved York. I mean, you always want to try to play as high as you possibly can and you hope that you're good enough to try to do that. But it never happened for me and I've got no regrets at all. I, I enjoyed my time at York. I, I love the place. I love the people. So that's life. Move on, yeah. don't you? And and moving on to the, to the Everton game a year after, I think, I think you missed the away game, didn't you? I think due to injury. That that yeah. must have been really frustrating for you, missing out on a, gutted, a, yeah. at Goodison Park. Yeah, I was gutted. I walked out. I was obviously injured, like you just said, but I walked out at Goodison Park and I just, I was deflated. To not run out of there with your kit on and want to play on Goodison Park and there's something wrong with you as a player if you don't want to do that it hurt that I were injured but yeah fortunately for me I played in the, in the second leg I think I were against Andre Konchelskis weren't I it's funny but he said to me that night he said don't kick me don't kick me and I went why he said uh, I'm leaving I not play well I think you were going to Fiorentina or somewhere That's like right, that yeah. so kind of stayed on the edge didn't he? he didn't get involved that much so yeah I was probably happy that he did yeah I wanted to like to have chased him because we were quite quick weren't he I mean that, that night it sort of launched Graham Murty a little bit didn't it to sort of like the wider public and again so and I think Nigel Pepper sort of said he was, he was almost prouder of uh, the Everton game than he was the Man United game particularly the, the home leg I mean w- what was that Everton game like for you again sort of atmosphere and, and kind of how the game panned out everything about it was just you're just on cloud nine aren't you you're going through the game and you're just wanting to play well but then you're seeing everybody else play and you, and you think we've got some good players Murty was a great player Pep was a fantastic player yeah, we, we had a good team and you just want to play against so-called better players and better teams and do yourself justice. And, and that's all we did. Uh, Bootham Crescent that night, it were rocking again. And mm. and then now, at that time, you know, through the early part of my career, Bootham Crescent were bouncing. And it, it, were, it were great as a player. 
absolutely great. It always helps. Going to David Longer's stand and, and stuff like that and fans going mad and it gives you 10% extra, if not more. It were a great feeling. You're always on a high. Looking back, all the players played out of skin that night, didn't they? The Everton game. Yeah. It was, again, like I said, about the Man United game not flattering York York City. I think I think the same yeah. same with this one, wasn't it? With Everton, it, it was York City well deserved to win that game. In fact, three yeah. two flattered Everton. I think it made it sound like it was a close game. Yeah, and it wasn't. No, we we played well, played out of skins again. Did York proud again? Ninety eight, ninety nine season. I think you got your first league goal for six years. I was trying to sort of track it back <laughs> last night against Burnley in a in a three three draw. But this, this was a season which. Alan lost his job and the club were relegated. I think you were sort of injured towards the end of that season as well. You know, you must have been really sad to see Alan leave because you, you, you must have been one of the only players sort of left from that era or one of the few players left. I was sad, yeah. I know he went on to manage elsewhere, but great man. And and obviously, it, it had his ups and downs at York, but the players were always, always behind him because he was just a, an honest, hard-working gentleman. He had the respect of everybody, so to see him go was quite upsetting. He'd have given it 110%, that's one thing about Alan. All I can say is he'd have given 110% and the players would have given 110%. So it was unfortunate Alan moved on and as players we had to move on under the guidance of another manager and, and you were injured a fair bit back towards the end of that season was that hard for you because I imagine you'd have wanted to have been out there you'd have been one of the more senior players around that time as well and um, I didn't yeah. know how vocal you were in the changing rooms and stuff like that but missing games like the Man City game away where York City had to that get just, I was sat on bench that day and I was just listening to a radio and results and everything and it, it was horrible one of the worst days ever it was horrible but you know like I said Football's football, isn't it? You've got to set the ups with the downs and you've just got to get on with it. It was a bad season and I hated watching it. But like you say, being injured, you've just got to go in, you've got to pat people on back, you've got to encourage. People needed confidence. They, did, they didn't certainly need anybody telling them that they weren't playing very well. I mean, you played right up until 2001. I mean, your last game was against Hartlepool United in March. I think you were back at left wing that day as well before playing for a bit of games. Was it, was it just sort of injuries taking their toll then towards the end? You mentioned before oh. earlier, you touched on it. Well, so yeah your body will only take so much and when you're training every day for 12 nearly 13 years it, it's going to take its toll into it but injuries did have a massive impact at, at the end of my career yeah and although you didn't realise it at the time and I thought I could have played on or played another few seasons it, it was probably the right time I'd went into non-league but that's nowhere near as physical you're not training every day I'm not saying the games aren't as physical yeah. but it was probably what I needed at the time I was probably one of the ones who didn't come through academies or or YTs or apprenticeships at that time I, I'd left Sheffield United and I'd gone to non-league and I, I was actually working in a steelworks so I know where it was like to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go to steelworks and start bending steel and stuff like that so I knew what having a job was I knew what it meant and I also know that when my football career had finished I needed to get a job to provide for my family so that's what I went out and did as one door closes another one opens played non-league which subsidised it and did bits and bobs but then I got into the prison service which has been fantastic and football was brilliant at the time but you've always got to move on time doesn't stand still unfortunately does it and, yeah. and the injury that I had I knew it was the time so yeah it took me a while but I did all the tests and I got through and, and 
got into the prison service, although I wanted to be a fireman first, but uh, I got, I'd been injured that season and applied for the fire service. And because I'd had an operation, they wouldn't accept me uh, application and said I, I couldn't wait or I couldn't apply for another year. So I applied in the prison service and got in there. So 20 years on, I'm still there. Longer, a lot longer than I had in football. Still fourth in, in York City's all-time appearance records. I think 414 starts, 24 a sub. I think you would have been quite close to Barry Jackson's record, wouldn't you, without the injuries? You know, I was looking looking at it, you know, if, if you'd have kind of carried on at the same sort of level you were doing early on in New York City, uh, when you were ever yeah. present every season, you, you must, do you look back on that and sort of think, you know, there was a few injuries there I wish I hadn't got and I might have even got to number well, one. There were, there were always injuries that I didn't, I didn't want. I mean, my hernia and stuff like that kept me out for quite a while. I had a problem with my foot that needed an operation on. So, yeah, but you can, you can never think about that, can you? It's unfortunate, but everybody gets injuries. And I'm proud of being fourth in that list, to be honest. Yeah. And I didn't really want to knock Mac off anyway as my mate, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned before when we were sort of emailing that that it would be good to sort of hear your all-time York City 11. I mean, obviously, you take the spot left back. Have you had time to sort of think about who, who would make that team? Because you played with some incredible players. Played with some fantastic players. I think in goal, I'd have to have Dean, quality, quality keeper, and obviously played for his country. So, and went on to bigger and better things and became a very successful keeper. So, I've got to have Dean. I'm glad you put me at left back. Thank you very much. <laughs> right back, I've got to have Mike. I never understood why he never went higher because I just thought Mac always had that ability to go higher it was just a fantastic on the ball and vision his passing just never understood why I didn't go higher actually and the centre halves difficult one very very difficult got to have Ray Warburton in there because Ray was just as a player as a person just class unfortunately with his injuries he did leave but went on to have a great career but Ray was an exceptional player didn't know whether to go for Stan I went for Tony Barris because I just thought Vaz were just another quality quality player Talk, you know there's so many very very difficult to put a team in there isn't it you know because like you say I've played with so many many good players right winger I go for a 4 4 2 I've got to say that. Right wing, I've always got to have John McCarthy. In midfield, definitely Pep. And I'd have gone for Bushy as well. Left wing, TC. Up front, Barney. And then at side of Barney, I didn't know whether to go for a big lad or somebody sharp. So I didn't know. There's it, Honestly, there's that many players. So I think I'd have gone for Crezzy, to be honest. I looked at Biggin here in Elliwell. I looked at John Borthwick. But it's very, very difficult to put that team there and think Jono Green in. Jono was just a young lad, so we all knew that he was going on to bigger and better things because to watch him in training, and at, at that time, before he did go, he was just in and out of the team, weren't he? So, but he just watched Jono in, in awe and training. The stuff that he could do with the ball was phenomenal. Crezzy, you knew that he'd go on to bigger and better things. John McCarthy, you knew. Wood, Pep, you always knew he'd go on. We've had some fantastic players, and Barney, obviously, he went on to bigger and better things. So I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Bigger and better. It, they were just bigger clubs, weren't they? When you look at that and, and look at the players that I've just put there, I mean, he's gone on to play higher, a lot higher. So that just shows what York were throughout the, the years where I played. They were a very, very good team. But also, Stan went into the coaching side of things and, and brought some great players through. But Jono, Jono were just special, obviously, with his European Cup winners medal and, and stuff and what he did at Middlesbrough and, and elsewhere. It was was a brilliant player. I could have a right subs bench. 
Well, yeah, if Jono's on it. <laughs> Probably get battered for putting Jono on bench, wouldn't I? But like I say, it, it was a young lad just coming through, so he'd not done what the other players that I've put in there did while I was there. And, and you know, that's your York City dream team, which is an incredible side. Who would be managing that side if it was if you were to pick? John Ward. From the moment he stepped in the door to his honesty when he left to go to Bristol, it was just a, a phenomenal coach and a phenomenal manager. He came into the dressing room. Uh, it, was, it was a training. We were training. But we'd called into being called into the dressing room. He came in and he said, Right, lads, before you hear anything, I've come in to tell you I'm leaving. I'm going to Bristol. The only reason is my family will be secure or will be secure as a family. I'm sad to go, but I've got to do it for my family. And when you say that, your respect goes even higher for the man because who wouldn't go for more money? You know, his, his family are probably a better standard of living than everything else because end of the day, money makes the world go round, doesn't it? So for him to not turn that down and to stay at your I think it was a no-brainer for him to go well the way he broke it was the measure of the man and everybody's respect for him just went up even more I think he made sure that the team was the first to know it was so funny we, we remember him running London Marathon for charity and I think it was the Monday or, or whenever it came in the day after he'd run it or whatever and he called another meeting we were all sat in the dressing room he came in with a tracksuit on and we thought oh what's this all about and he just undid it and there's the medal and he said you can achieve anything if you put your mind to it and just walk straight out <laughs> we just everybody just started laughing and again respect to him it was just a brilliant brilliant man incredible final question who, who was your, your toughest opponent because I, I, I imagined you were going to say Andre Konchelskis but was it, that was an era where people played 4-4-2 every week didn't they so you were often yeah. up against like uh, you know a speedy winger or, or, or a tricky winger was there anyone who yeah. stood out in uh, those sort of years that you played at York that you thought god I've, I've um, Glad to see the end of that full-time whistle. I can't remember his name, actually, but there was a lad at Burnley. But me and him, every game we played against each other, we had some right battles, right battles. <laughs> but he wasn't afraid to stick his foot in either. You know, he was tricky, he was quick, but he was physical as well. And he, he gave me a game every single time against Burnley. I knew that after it, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd known that I'd been in the game. When you were up against someone who was maybe quicker than you or, or more, you know, very skillful, what, what was your sort of tactics? Uh, because because you were a natural defender in terms of you were pushed to left back sort of once you'd signed a pro con- contract. I always tried to get there on the first touch. If the ball were coming across to him, I'd shuffle across and I'd look where they were and it, if... If the ball went out to him, I, would, I tried to get as tight as I possibly could. Before they could turn and, and face me, I tried to make them go backwards. And if the first touch was poor, then I always tried to tackle and get, get in there. But that was my philosophy, get as tight as I possibly could, as quick as I could, just to make them try and go back instead of forward. That's what I tried to do. And, uh, you know, in terms of people kicking people, I, I think I've heard from a few people, that Alan Little used to put himself about a bit in training. Is that right? Fridays, it kick anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Fridays were ridiculous. You'd come off and you think, blooming out. Has nobody got injured from that five aside there? But yeah, Alan Little was he was one of the hardest people you could have ever, ever come across. Yeah, it's a really, really physical man. Well, when it's been it's been brilliant to hear your um, your stories from your time at York City and you know, showed great loyalty to the club and I'm really looking forward to releasing this. So, you know, I'm sure York City fans will really enjoy it and, and I hope you've you've enjoyed going back over your Yeah, memories. yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Yeah. You look back and you just think, Wow, what a time. What a time in your life. And it's so enjoyable. But like uh, the lads' testimonial the other day. Oh, Dan Pazler's, yeah. Pep and everybody else were there and it you just go up and it's bang. You you're straight back 
into it. It's as if you, you saw him yesterday. It, it's a crazy, crazy thing, but the friendship will always be there, won't it? And nobody can take the history away from us. It's there in, in black and white and on videos and whatever, but yeah, it was a great time in my life. So thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Wayne Hall was someone that played in the first team. I ever watched at Boven Crescent, so always great to speak to people from that era. And as ever, always great to hear someone with such passion for, for York City, which Wayne clearly had. Also, a huge thank you to our sponsors for this episode, Had IT, and in particular James Richardson, who works for them. He's a massive York City fan, who I'm sure many supporters know. So a big thank you to him. Always been a real big supporter of the podcast and always sends me real kind comments about previous series. So it's really great that, that he's able to sponsor this episode. Don't seem to have had too many donations to the to the charity this series. So if, if you have enjoyed the episode so far and you're able to donate, even if it's just a small amount, our Just Giving page is justgiving.com forward slash York Hospital Radio. All donations are really gratefully received. We're in our 58th year as York Hospital Radio and we can only really keep going if we do get donations and sponsorship and stuff like that to provide the service that we do to patients in York Hospital. And if you're not able to do that, I mean, another good way to, to sort of help the, the podcast is to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast really and certainly if you're listening on Spotify then and are giving us a, a rating really helps publicise it gets us up the kind of rankings as it were into certain categories and, and that will be really helpful just to help push the, the podcast to a wider um, community so if you're able to do that that would, that would be fantastic still another couple of episodes of this series to go next one is going to be Chris Marples who is probably one of the most emotional interviews I would say we've, we've ever done on the podcast and uh, when you give it a listen next time I, I think you'll see what I mean also very very funny guy lots of lots of funny stories and he was actually inspired by my interview with Wayne Hall he told me about a story how Chris Marples I think on his Wayne's first ever pre-season sort of passed out practically after uh, going at walking pace on the bleep test and then was sat beside her with a cigarette so I just thought that story was particularly amusing and, and then I, yeah, I reached out to Chris and got him on the podcast and, and like I say it, it was a fantastic interview so I'm, I'm really proud of that one coming up so hopefully that will be out sometime next week so thanks again for listening and see you later